Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast. And this week, with a special guest, Christine Paracas. Did I pr- pronounce that correct? Paracas? Oh, close, Terry. Paracas, perfect. Paracas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. And Christine has got an amazing, amazing story that I cannot wait to get into. But as we start each week, I want to start with something a little lighthearted, because I know we're going to get into some serious topics. So a lighthearted question for you, Christine, if you had, if you're making a playlist for a road trip, talk to me about what would be on the playlist. Now, does it have to be, uh, can it be any audio of any kind? Or is it music? Well, (laughs) well, let's, um, I'll say yes. And then I'll say, because I think you're going to answer it with a business sort of fill me in with good business knowledge. It's probably going to be your first question, but then think about with a group of friends. So answer it twice for us. Okay. So I think, well, I love, cause I'm on the road a lot and I yeah. love to do um, Ted talks and catch oh, up on yeah. some deep learning. Yeah. And my latest, most favorite, I think you'll be able to relate to this one is um, uh, Alex Hanold's, um the, the guy from free solo his TED Mm. talk, because to me, um, he totally nails what it's like to reach a peak, you know, literally, of course, but, you know, to set a vision for something and put in the hard work to get to. And, you know, yeah, it sounds like I'm pitching a business idea, but frankly, it's, you know, he's just climbing a rock and we've all had those things we've wanted to do. And some of us finish those and accomplish them and some of us don't. And I just really love his message. So I would have that to remind me to stay focused and on mission for myself. You are the first guest that has mentioned a podcast, not a podcast, a TEDx show, um, which is great because I have forgotten about that learning platform um, as an audio version as well, because I'm an auditory learner. And right. so ebooks and podcasts are sort of my thing. But but yeah, there's some amazing talks on the, on that platform. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. And And what about the music? Yeah. (laughs) What can I listen to over and over again? Hmm. I have um, a couple of little bit crazy, a little bit out there mantra sounds that I, that are supposed to, maybe they do, maybe they don't energetically align you with powers of creativity and connection to those, you know, sources Ah. for me. So it's being able to get myself dialed in. There's also B audio. Um, There's certain um, tones that if you hear them, they're supposed to help, you know, heal things and and clarify your thinking. And so I like to have those kind of sounds in my ears when I'm on a zone. Okay. I like that. I like that. You're all right. So we are getting a fresh perspective for sure this week because I've never heard that as something. I do that sort of uh, when I need to concentrate, sort of put study yeah. music in the background. But same type thing. I haven't thought of that from a um, from a creativity standpoint because I do think, you know, some of my c- most creative thinking happens on a on a in a car ride mm-hmm. or on a plane, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not distracted, right? right. With other well, stuff we should be distracted when we're driving, but <laughs> put on a plane. Yeah. Well, other than texting everybody, yeah, <laughs> right. we're not doing anything else. Right. I'm just listening and texting. Right. Yeah, but I had a mentor of mine tell me, um, he's actually was instrumental in helping me pull together my story that we're going to talk about later that became my next book. But uh, he said, if you're driving and you're listening to the radio or music or something, you're wasting time. Mm, you're yeah, actually yeah. not using your time valuably. And so, you know, I do like to listen to music, of course, but it tends to be like oldies, but goodies, you know, yeah. stuff from the you know, 60s and 70s, rock, old rock style bands. But um, yeah, I think about that all the time. So when I'm on a long road, I use it to feed my brain. So good. And I think you and I are, um, we may be unique in that, but we're really showing our business geek. Uh, we're showing that <laughs> off in this first part, because I do that in sort of on a on a uh, on a Saturday, I'll put on music because it's sort of a give my brain a, a break from just intense learning. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait to get back to it because every time I, you know, when your when your car is your library and it's your source of just feeding, I love it. And I love yeah. the opportunity. So so cool. All right, so let's jump into the show. You've got an amazing story. Take me back, uh, and, and I refer to it as the Wayback Machine, and you pick which point in time you want to start. But talk to me about um, this concept that we have. It's called Caged Vision, which is this, mm -hmm. this vision for something different in your life. And, and when was it the point where you said, uh, I've got this, and not only do I see it more clearly than ever, but I've got to unlock it? Well, I'm going to tell you, um, uh, it actually goes back to when I was a kid. I thought about this before, in the past and many times. And the whole idea for me, when I was a kid, I read this book um, about seven or eight times by this guy who sailed around the world by himself, Robin Graham. It's called The yeah. Dove. And yeah. that birthed in me a vision for sailing around the world, which in and of itself is, you know, like a singular goal, right? And it takes a lot to accomplish. But what I've looked back on over the years is what was the promise of that vision? What did it mean to put the pieces in place to be able to realize that vision? And what did it say about who I was and what value, what I valued in how I conducted myself in business and how to get myself to that place where I could sail around the world. And frankly, I was not talking about sailing around the world by myself in a 24 foot sailboat like he did. I right. wanted comfort and luxury and I wanted to be able to work and serve people. And so, um, you know, that had to be a lot of things that had to be put into place since I was a kid. And my mantra used to be satellite cellular because I envision myself being able to be of service no matter where I'm at in the world, even if it's in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so cool. Okay. So you've got this, um, you've got this vision in your head from a book. And so what did you do with that vision? Well, in the beginning, of course, as a kid, I had to learn how to sail, right? right? So in the first instance, it was about sailing and getting skills as a sailor and ultimately becoming a boat captain and owning my own cruising yacht for blue water sailing. So in the sailing vein, let's call it, that was the efforts that I took to become a master at my skill. I'm a yacht racer too, so... We're racing so cool. sailboats on other people's boats and crossed oceans on other people's boats. I went out and 
you know, laid out a plan of practice, right? Crossing the first ocean on someone else's boat on their dime so that I'm not risking my own vessel and I'm learning from people who know more than me. And like with any mastery, there's always someone who knows more. There's always someone who knows less. We're just trying to keep growing and learning and, and expanding on our passion. And so those are the kinds of things I've done over the years. And then in business, it was about being able to put in place a business structure that would allow me to have that freedom to set sail. Okay. So you, I'm going to go back a little bit. You, you read this book, you say, you know what, I want to sail. Did you have people that your family members that sailed? Is that, was that in your family? You know, I'm not really, my parents had a spirit of it, have a spirit of adventure, less yeah. so they're very elderly now, but they were big on um, exposing us to things and their best friends had sailboats over the years. So they were very smart too. They put us into other people's boats. <laughs> yeah. so, so it wasn't, it wasn't too foreign, but it's not anything that was sort of in your family, but you said, you know what, if I ever want to do this, I have to take the first step. And what I, what I found yep. is so many people they just get stuck on go. They may have read that book and say they want what you wanted, but 20, 30 years later, still be thinking about it and not taking the first step. What is it that made you take that first, just the, just the first le you know, step that says, I'm going to take lessons? I think I was imagining, what if I never did? Right. Because a vision without a plan is just a dream. Right. But, you know, where do our dreams get us if they don't turn into something? Yeah. So it was like that in throughout anything that I've created in my life. It's about having first the vision like we're talking about here and that you're committed to helping people get to understanding what that is. And then just taking any action, right? One step at a time. So in the first instance, it was getting on the sailboat with my family's friends. And um, then it was, I had an opportunity to go down to Mexico and teach skiing, uh, sailing, sorry. And I'd never done that before, but I just said, I'll jump in the boat and I know some things and hopefully I can communicate them. And it started me off to understand how to master something is learning it well enough to teach it. And I became a better sailor by teaching. And that's um, the step I think that really solidified my confidence and ability to keep going. I love that. How to being a master in something is learning it well enough to know how to teach it. Is that what you said? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I'll have to go back. Yeah. But it was really, really good. Was, okay. So um, there are a lot of people that um, you, you, you're, you're adventurous. Your family was adventurous. There are a lot of people, you know, thinking about when they're stuck on go, they may a not know what the first step is. Um, B not know what the second step is and so therefore they're afraid to take the second step what is it that you think separates those that have a vision and then start to take those steps maybe those people who aren't as adventurous as you but what do you think it is what have you seen in business leaders that that separates the people with an idea and a vision from those who actually start to execute well, I think that you can, you'll be able to relate to what I think the, the turning point was for me is aligning myself with people who know more than I do, right? And, and you know, every, no, nobody gets world-class at anything without a coach, right? Yeah. All the best athletes and the best performers, they have people 
that take them where they want to go. And, you know, I got into my business because I didn't feel like there was somebody who'd blazed my trail before mm. in business. Mm. But I know that when it came to things I was passionate about, I was going to find, learn the, from the people that knew more than me. Be willing to say, I don't know everything, or I don't know enough, or I've got to figure this out. I've got to find someone who can teach me. Okay. And then just shadow them, let them mentor me, and not be afraid to ask. So uh, I love that. I love that answer because the first step is finding someone who's blazed that trail already. And right. so how do you do that? How do you, how do you go about doing that? Well, we got to get into communities, right? When it comes to our business, we want to find people who are doing what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. There's nobody's inventing the wheel when it comes to business startup and growth, right? right? There's a bunch of people out there. So you're finding people that are successful and that's really going to be like 20% of any population, right? The old 80-20 rule, 80% mm -hmm. are never going to make anything. So you want to know who those 20% are, who are the people that are sharing, speaking, you know, that resonate resonate with you that are saying things that you believe and feel right to you. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of information out there in terms of business growth, for example, and I'm kind of getting into that vein of business growth because that yeah. matters yeah. probably to your audience too. But it's about, you know, there are people promising big things. You can make, you know, a million dollars an hour if you just do my system, buy my yeah. system. Yeah you know, that's not how they got a million dollars an hour, right? It might not even be a million consistently. What is it that who's speaking to you? Who's showing you that it's going to be hard work. You're going to get your nose to the grindstone and just take one step at a time and keep moving without losing focus and power through those bad days and just keep going. Those are the people that resonate with me. Yeah, you know? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And there's so much noise out there that's the you know, you know, the seven step plan to being a millionaire or whatever it is, right? When, when you and I know that if you're going to find a real coach, if you're going to find a real mentor, the first thing they're going to tell you, they're going to level set with you and say, where are you? What do you want? And what are you willing to do to get there? Yeah. And how, you know, it's great to have big vision, but you've got to make sure it's realistic enough to believe in, mm. right? So dream as big as you can, but realize it's going to take something to get there. Yeah. And stair step it, right? Don't, don't, right. you can have the big vision, but, but be realistic. Is that a 15 year vision that you're trying to right. do in three? And then having someone to level set with you is so good. So how do you know? All right. So, You've got these, um, you've got a vision, you, um, you take that first step, you find the coach. How do you know when, when, when you're finding the traction? How do you know when you're in that sweet spot and when to put gas on it? Well, I'll tell you what's worked. What I've noticed is that when I'm on track with something, the road before me just lays out smooth and straight, mm. right? Like as a sailor, we know there's no such thing as a straight line. In life, there's no such thing as a straight line. We're zigging and zagging our way through everything and obstacles and challenges arise. But when things smooth out, when doors open, when people show up, then I am certain that is the right track. And I had this example happen to me when I sold my last business and I moved to the Caribbean. I'd gotten my captain's license. I was delivering boats off the Eastern seaboard. And I thought, you know, I'm going to spend the season in the Caribbean. I planned yeah. for it. And I literally stepped on the shores of Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. I fell in love with the place. 
24 hours later, I had a community of people to race with because I had friends who introduced me that were on island. I found an apartment. I had a car. And immigrating became like a really smooth, easy process, which nobody has that experience in the BBI. It's really challenging. So when all of that lines up, and it, it's actually easier than it is for most or, or was easiest for me. You know, I knew I was in the right place on the right track. And I not for one minute did I ever feel like I was on the wrong you know, track or wasn't supported. I wasn't happy. I was so joyful all the time. But there's a but. <laughs> it wasn't always that easy, right? Tell me, talk to me about that. Were we talking about what drove me out of the BVI? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there I was, right, living in paradise and perfectly happy. And um, about two years ago, you know, we're in Hurricane Alley, so it's a possibility always. But um, literally, a needle has to be thread. And that needle came on, you know, two years ago, September 6th, we were hit by the most powerful hurricane in the Atlantic Basin. And it tore the roof off my house, left me buried alive for almost 24 hours, and I was alone. And I had no telecoms, no electricity, no plan for rescue. I didn't even know who was still around, alive, had survived, mm. and didn't know my neighbors. So there I was, you know, so much for paradise, letting me down <laughs> just ever so okay. slightly. Okay, so <laughs> I've got a boatload of questions. No, um, I hear you because things just got really, really interesting, right? Because you're, and it's such a parallel in business, isn't it? I mean, you Absolutely. know, you start, you everything seems to be working out, and then, and then you get uh, is um, is I believe Mike Tyson says everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. Right. And yeah. I call that a category five situation. A category right? five. So what what is it? like to know that's bearing down on you and and really praying for the best but but not really um having an alternative is that fair to say well for me at the time i thought i had done everything right and um i guess the question is what is it like and it went at what point right because before i'm ignorant right i don't know what i don't know i think i'm a mariner a professional mariner for heaven's sakes a, a professional rescuer i've rescued businesses boats and people and brought them safely to shore yeah i can and, figure this out is what you're thinking yeah oh totally i had done so many things right you know and i had friends who you know we were kind of cross-checking each other other mariners and we were looking after, you know, I had the, the, the Rolls Royce of hurricane protection on my windows. But this thing was bigger than any of us. And mm -hmm. it was more powerful. And that's the piece that I know a lot of people out there listening won't relate to a hurricane, but they will relate to situations where they were just not in control. And starting a business can be that, you know, mm. launching a new product, having a partner walk out on you, whether mm. it's business or life, you know, we all get hit by things that are simply out of our control. And yeah. we are complacent up to that point, thinking that we've got it handled and we don't realize. So you find yourself buried alive alone in a wind coffin, right? And um, it took me months to realize I didn't know anybody else who'd gone home alone that night after watching the last weather reports, knowing that that storm was not going to veer off. It was headed straight for us, and um, which could have changed any time over the days ahead prior to that. But it was just that um, I was complacent 
I didn't, I was ignorant and I had a pattern of feeling like I can handle anything. I can handle this. So if I heard you correctly, no one else went home alone except you. As far as I know. As far as you know. And was that, was that, were you, do you think you were just overconfident? Uh, well, you know, Mark Twain says success comes from confidence and ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm alive today probably because I had confidence and ignorance. It's a combination. And um, honestly, I just didn't know any better. And mm. I would never have done it again. And in fact, two weeks later, we were hit by another Category 5 exactly two weeks to the day. And in that case, by then, I had hooked up with people. I was um, sheltered with others who knew what they were doing, whose life. I would put my life in their hands and I felt safe. And what I've learned from that experience, first and foremost, is we don't have to go it alone. And Mm. that's my commitment in the world is to make sure that people know they don't have to go it alone. Yes. So good. So good. So talk to me, you know, hits you're, you're, you're buried. (laughs) Uh, You can't get anyone. What's going through your mind? Well, you know, as the, I could feel it. It's a physical experience, right? The panic starts rising sure. and I don't have any idea. Your mind could just blow, right? Literally uh, start to go into a spin and we've all been there, right? It, whether it's, you know, burying ourselves under the cover or starting to get into completely unproductive, you know, circular action that doesn't right. take us anywhere. And so I, some part of me said, I'm going to have these hours. I have no idea. It's pitch black. I don't know what to do. I have no idea. I'm just going to start writing. And if you ask yourself, what would you do if you had no access to phones, telecoms, internet, nothing, no tools, we can all get a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and start writing, right? And we can commit to putting things down. So I started making lists, what I learned from the experience, what I did right, the mistakes I made. I literally started my next book in those hours trapped in the storm with part of the shelter was, you know, bringing the storm in, the howling, the raging, the pressure. And it was like fending off a monster clawing through my prison bars that um, kept me focused on my paper and pen to just make something out of this experience and so that I could use it for others. Yeah, that's so good because I would imagine just as you described so many people, um, they, they race and want to start doing when there's, there's literally nothing to do except to control your, your mind and to control yes. your emotions and to sort of understand the situation. And uh, is that what you think the biggest benefit was? Absolutely. And so well said, better than I've ever said it. Thank you so much for that because it's true, right? There's no action that is more powerful than what our minds do to us. They do it every turn, right? We 80% of 90% of our success is based on mindset of anything we do. So if our minds are out of control, whether by a physical experience like a storm or a financial situation that we can't control or a business that isn't really in our grasp right yet, you know, that those are things that we, it's the stories we tell ourselves that are more uh, conflict, uh, constricting than mm. anything that's actually happening. Mm. There's so, always something we can do. So that was a, that was a pivotal moment for you that I would imagine you started to document and then um, 
how did that mold, how did that shift what you were doing before um, into what you're doing now? Well, light, night and day, right? I had to take the lessons of the storm with me and it wasn't easy. It's really taken, it took a long time. Uh, you know, it took me a couple of months just to get off the island. So I was living without electricity, running water, telecoms for months and just trying to get by, survive and turning that itself, that experience of complete hindrance of everything into one of thriving in the community of being of service. So it was helping me to see, you know, what I developed eventually that became my seven barometers of resilience, you know, my seven strategies to, to cope with any, you know, category five situation in life and business, which is the mm. subject of my upcoming book, but really understanding that there are things that are meaningful that I can use and do to contribute and make this experience turn into something of prospering rather mm. than being a victim to the storm. Okay. Amazing. I love where we are right now because what you've talked about is um, a journey and then then coming through the storm and then learning something, which is, um, it's it's really when you probably find that moment where it's, I've now more than ever, this storm has helped me hone in on what I believe the right idea, the right market, the right, everything's right, right, right again, except it's not right like it was at the very beginning, but just because you're glassy eyed and everything's perfect. It's right because you've been through a storm, you've weathered a storm. And now you say, I've, I've figured out what's a priority. I figured out what the right path is. How do you know? um, I would imagine you come out of that with a little bit different experience, but how do you know, how do you fine tune that and know when to put gas on it? Well, I think that, you know, it's kind of like that experience before of when there's uh, the light shines through, right? In the darkness, that's how I got rescued, right? There was pitch black. I was behind shelter. It was pitch black for those hours and I waited it out and there was a little sliver of light from a piece of um, metal that had been torn away from the outside wall, from the metal um, boarding that was sealing up my windows and doors. And I, I saw the light, right? Literally, I could go to that light and make something of it. So it's being able to go where there's light mm. for any of us in our, you know, whatever those experiences are that have us, you know, stuck. Yeah. And there's always going to be something that will show itself that we can move towards. Ah, so very good. So you've got an amazing story. You're out, you're helping uh, business people. You're helping them with uh, your background as an attorney. You're, you're, you've navigated the world by sea. You've just done some amazing things. What are the next 10 years like for you? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because people ask me uh, often, when am I going to get back to, you know, paradise? And, you know, I, I've got a very special place in my heart for paradise and, Uh, But somehow I feel like what is my mission now is to get this word out Mm. to help people understand that they don't have to weather their own storms. So having my upcoming book, you know, speaking more, getting programs out there, my category five leadership programs and really being able to help people navigate these very lonely roads of Mm. business startup and business growth, because none of us should have to go it alone. And you mentioned 
a lonely road. Why do you think it is that so many entrepreneurs and business owners feel as though they have to navigate the waters alone? You know, I was one of them, right? Just like I would never have imagined I'd be the one trapped alone or, you know, a statistic in this loneliness epidemic that we have in the world with my thousands of social media followers. And yet that's what happens because like someone like myself, you know, I was paid well for having the answers. So God forbid anyone should see me as less than having all the answers or being perfect just the way they are. And when we're a a new entrepreneur or we're struggling with something, we want everyone to think it's all great, you know, or that everything's going well, I'm on track. Oh yeah, it's all fine. And we're afraid to be vulnerable. You know, and I talk about this in my book too, becoming a storm warrior, which to me is first and foremost about knowing that you don't know it all, that you have, that you are vulnerable and being willing to ask for help so that you can serve, so you can be a a better part of your community and get what you need. And that's how I got my, that's how I got myself through those couple of months surviving was by being of service. And so, you know, for all of us, by just first recognizing our vulnerabilities and not being afraid to say, hey, I need help. You know, who's out there that can help me, you know, pave the way, someone who knows more than me on this particular problem, help me, you know, make a decision, evaluate the situation, whatever it is I need. Oh, that's so very good. Okay, so I have got some links that we're going to put in the show notes, but Tell people for the, who are driving right now, don't have, uh, uh, you know, t- tell them how to find and connect with you. Well, christineparakis.com is my uh, website. And in that site will be links to my book, The Entrepreneur's Essential Roadmap, Taking Your Business from Zero to Seven Figures in Record Time, which is on Amazon, and my online business advisory system for people who are getting started and really want to do it yourself um, uh, s- solution, businessbreakthroughpro.com uh, is a 24 uh, sorry, tw- uh, 24/7 online business advisor available to you at your fingertips. So just sort of it, it lays out, and I've seen it, and it's, it's, it's got a lot of depth to it, but it, it sort of lays out everything that um, that they are going to know or, or at some point, but the benefit is that it's sort of learn on your own time. So you can pace yourself, right? Yeah. And, and like you, you know, we've talked about before, you're, we have an audio video and workbook. So depending on the kind of learner you are and it's laid out in pieces, so it's not overwhelming and it's manageable over a 12 month period. There's weekly lessons. You can't work ahead and it's systematic that gets you literally from that starting point all the way up to scaling at seven figures and beyond. And it gives you strategies, tactics, and resources for 140 different industries and some of it, a lot of it is plug and play. And yeah. so, and even if it's not your industry or right on point, it's adaptable. So mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot there for the business owner. So, so do you think that it would help someone who is thinking about starting a business? Do you think it would help them, help prevent them from just creating a job for themselves? Oh, absolutely. And what's great about it, because it puts all the fundamental nuts and bolts tools in their hands, right? So people like us, like you and me, we can work at the highest levels 
to help them unlock those mindset blocks, to help them really strategize on their vision yeah. and out, you know, ridiculous long-term goals that they can actually achieve. And so if they have this ongoing educational tool and these resources available, we don't have to get into the weeds. We can guide them from the 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Because so many people do that when they start out, they just, they create a job for themselves and they net, they just get, uh, they're, they're, they, they've moved past go and they have independence, but they've really just created a job because they haven't created a system that scales. Which is, um, which is really good. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, yeah. last question for you, which is, if you could give one piece of advice to your 20-year-old self, what would it be? <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> oh, so good, yeah. Well, you, uh, you, you obviously could not, I mean, you've, you couldn't have answered, you know, be more adventurous because you've checked that box early on, right? <laughs> yeah. But I've been- uh, ask for help, that's great. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's not like I haven't gotten help, but when I've really been back against the wall or buried alive, those moments, I you know, have to ask myself, how did I get here? Because I didn't ask for help because mm. I didn't recognize my own vulnerability. Mm. And, you know, when we're young, we assume, you know, we're never going to die and we're invulnerable. And when we're older, it becomes such a habit and a pattern. And we have a choice about that. So that's what I would tell her. Mm, amazing. Christine, thank you so much for being on the show. Each week, our goal is to provide encouragement and build confidence to those who have got a vision. They just need to unlock it and get off of being stuck on go. You've definitely delivered today. Thank you so much. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Carrie. It's been fantastic. I appreciate you so much for inviting me on. You got it. Chat soon, okay? Yep. Take care. Bye.